The message you're about listening to is from Pastor E.A. Adeboe, the General Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. We want to worship you again today. Thank God that we are serving a God who lives forever. We are proud of you, Lord. And we are delighted to belong to you. What a joy to be a, a member of the family of God. Please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Lord, speak to us today. Speak healings to our bodies. Speak health to our bones. Lord, let it be well with all of us. And as we send your word, deliver us from all destructions. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can wave to one or two people and say, good morning, God will bless you today. And then, of course, you may be seated. We are continuing with our series on going higher as we move to part 63. Going higher, part 63. And uh, very reluctantly, we have to move on now. For quite some time, we've been talking about 1 Kings chapter 19, from verse 15 to 17, but uh, we have to move on to verse 18. First Kings 19, verse 18. God was speaking to Elijah, and he said, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. You will remember that Elijah said unto God, Oh, they have killed all your prophets. I'm the only one remaining, and they are even looking for me to kill me. <laughs> And God said, Elijah, by the way, uh, I've asked you to go annoy this fellow, annoy that one, annoy this one. By the way, Elijah, I have 7,000 others beside you. You think you are the only one left doing the will of God? Oh, my servant Elijah, I have 7,000 others that have not bowed to bear, that have not kissed him. I have 7,000 others that have refused to compromise. You know, no matter how rotten, the world may become. God 
we always have a remnant. No matter how rotten Christianity may become, there will be a remnant, those who will say, I don't care what others may be doing, I will do the will of God. When we look at part one of this verse today, and if God allows, we'll come back and look at part two of it. Because the first thing God is telling Elijah here is that I have 7,000 ways where you have only one. You are one fellow. You have one way. I have 7,000 other ways where you have only one. I can fight my battles in various ways, Elijah. I can fight by land. Like in number 16 from verse 28 to 33. Number 16, 28 to 33. When Korah, Dathan, and Abiram ganged up against my servant, I asked the ground to open his mouth and swallow them. Oh, you say they are after you, they want to kill you. And they're going to be walking on the ground. I don't have to move. I can just sit down in heaven and tell the earth to swallow those who are pursuing you. I can call the earth to quake, to frustrate your enemies. You know, Acts chapter 16 from verse 25 to 26. Acts 16, 25 to 26. The people who threw Paul and Silas in prison thought they had an has come. They thought, oh, your destiny is sealed. So you want to serve God? We will see how you do it. But the Almighty God sent an earthquake and forced open the prison doors, destroyed every yoke. In just one swoop. After all, it is written in Psalm 104, verse 32, Psalm 104, verse 32, that when God looks upon the earth, all he has to do is look, and the earth will tremble. Just look. He doesn't have to leave heaven. Just look from his throne and the earth will tremble. And then Psalm 68 verse 1, Psalm 68 verse 1 says, if only you would just stand up, his enemies will scatter. Let God arise, and his enemies will scatter. Good news to those who are true children of God, particularly those of you who have been growing higher and higher, you don't have to worry about enemies who are still walking on, on the face of this earth. Uh, 
they try to grab you, the earth can swallow them. If they say they have put you in prison, God will send an earthquake. And God can fight by sea. You know that yourself. You know Exodus chapter 14, from verse 13 to 28. Exodus 14, 13 to 28. God didn't have to move. All he has to do is tell the sea to part. Open a way for you where there's no way. And if the enemies should be stupid enough as to follow you, you can ask the sea to close up on them. Oh, he can fight prophets, you know. If prophets decide to be disobedient, uh, you know Jonah chapter 1, from verse 1 to 15. Jonah 1 from verse 1 to 15. You know, if God loves you and you are determined to go the wrong way, He <laughs> can tell the sea to begin to roar. It can cause a storm that will show you you are going the wrong direction. When I ask you to go right, don't go left. If you are going left, I will stop you and force you to come back in my direction. You can fight by air. You know Joshua chapter 10, verse 9 to 11, Joshua 10, 9 to 11, when God was defending his own, he was the first one to throw bombs, rocks, smashing the head of the enemy. In Genesis chapter 19, from verse 23 to 24, Genesis 19 from verse 23 to 24, the Bible says us that when he decided to fight, he could send down fire and brimstones. Good news for those who are true children of God. God has many ways to defend you, to take care of all those who said they want to fight against you. Remember, he made a promise in the book of Isaiah chapter 41, from verse 10 to 13, Isaiah 41, 10 to 13. He said, because I have decided to help you, all those who are incensed against you will be as nothing. You say you search for them, you won't even find them. And so I want to tell all who are true children of God, relax. Because God will take care of you. Yeah. But then there are other things to learn from this. God was telling Elijah, I know those who are mine. You may not know them. There are 7,000 of my own people that you are not even aware of. 
The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, he said, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. Believe it or not, brethren, God has secret disciples In so many other religions, there are people who are there who are pretending to be in another religion, probably because they are afraid for their life. Or for one reason or the other, they don't want to show to the world that they are Christians. I know quite a few of them. And there were quite a few in the days of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Matthew 27, from verse 57 to 60. Matthew 27, from verse 57 to 60. The Almighty God tells us in his word that there was a man called Joseph of Arimathea. He was a disciple. He was a very wealthy man, popular man, well-known. When Jesus Christ died... He was the one who went forward and said, please give me his body. He was such an influential man that he could walk in right into the throne room of the fellow who was in charge. There was this man called uh, Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, verse 3, John chapter 3, verse 3, he was a big man. Of the religious, among the religious people in those days, he wanted to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He couldn't come by day, he came by night. It was through him that we learned uh, that you must be born again. You know the story, John chapter 3. You can read it from verse 1 all the way to verse 8. Now, God knows those who are his people. Also means that there might be people pretending to be Christians who are not. God knows them all. He knows you, brother. He knows you, sister. He knows how genuine you are. <laughs> do you know there's one thing God had used coronavirus to do? To test the commitment of so-called Christians. We used to sing, if the fire is burning and the rain is falling hard, I will follow Jesus. <laughs> fire is not burning yet. Uh, some people have seized the opportunity of the coronavirus to stay away from church.
I was amazed when I read in the newspapers that in the year 2021, 200,000 people in Nigeria died of malaria fever. 200,000. And the people who died from coronavirus were less than 2,000. So which is more deadly? <laughs> malaria wasn't able to give a test of your commitment to God. Coronavirus did. Long after, long after all restrictions have been stopped, some people see stay away from church. Why? They are pretenders. God knows those who are his. Are you one of them? Nothing is hid from him. Mark chapter 4, verse 22. Mark 4, verse 22. Brother, listen carefully. God knows all you have done. In 2 Kings chapter 5, from verse 20 to 27, 2 Kings 5, 20 to 27, the Bible tells us that Elisha didn't leave his room, and yet he saw everything that Gehazi had done. God knows all you have done. He knows you. In Acts chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11, Acts 5 from verse 1 to 11, Peter didn't follow uh, Ananias and Sapphira to their home, but he knew through the Holy Spirit their conspiracy. God knows you. He knows me. Not only does he know what we have done, he knows the motive behind what we have done. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 3 says, By him actions are weighed. By him actions are weighed. He knows everything. Please remember this as we are growing higher. Psalm 139 from verse 1 to 6. Psalm 139 from verse 1 to 6. Uh, David said, when I sit down, God knows. When I stand, God knows. When I think, God knows. He knows what you are planning to do. Before you do it, he knows what you are planning to do. You need to know this as you grow higher in the Lord because it is crucial. Crucial that you know who is this God that you are dealing with. In John chapter 13, from verse 27 to 30, John 13, 27 to 30, he told Judas Iscariot, that which you want to do, go and do it quickly. 
knows. He knows what you are planning to do before you do it. He knows. Now, this all-knowing God is good news for his friends. That you have a God who knows all things, who, who knows you're sitting down, you're standing up, where you are going, what you plan to do. Ah, that's good news. Why? Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9 tells us the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. As you are going, his eyes are following you. You enter into a room, his eyes follow you there. You, you're planning to travel. He's following you all the way. It's good news because you have an enemy who is also interested in your movements. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. First Peter 5, verse 8. He says, you have an enemy who is like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Combine the two. The enemy is walking. The eyes of the Lord are running. The one who is running is going to arrive before the one who is walking. That means you are safe. Oh, God knows everything about me. Doesn't that make me a bit uncomfortable? No, it only means that he will arrive on time. When you need his help, he will arrive on time. First Kings chapter 17, from verse 8 to 16. First Kings 17, from verse 8 to 16. The widow of Zarephah had only one meal left to eat with her son and die. But help was already on the way, and help came on time. In Luke chapter 7, from verse 11 to 15, Luke 7, 11 to 15, the widow of Nain was already on the way to bury her only son. Jesus arrived on time. He arrived on time. Daniel chapter 3, from verse 19 to 27. Daniel 3, 19 to 27. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound and thrown into the fairy furnace, seven times hotter than usual. So hot that the people who threw them in were slain by the heat. But before they got into the fire, the fourth man was there. He was there on time. The consuming fire himself neutralized the furnace that was seven times hotter 
than usual. God is always on time. Daniel chapter 6 from verse 19 to 22. Daniel 6, 19 to 22. They threw Daniel into the den of lions. But before he landed, an angel of the Lord was there to shut the mouth of the lions. My brother, my sister, God is always on time. Why? Because his eyes are running to and fro, to and fro, knowing when one of his own is in need and he will arrive on time. Let me remind you of just one example that I've shared with you before. Our first year on Redemption Camp, we wanted to do what we've never done before. We, want to, we wanted to hold convention in the jungle here. And this place was jungle then. All the buildings you see for kilometers to our right, kilometers to our left, uh, kilometers to our front and back, they all came after we came. So this was just jungle, pure, simple. The home of pythons and whatever. And I have the audacity to say, God said he has given me this land. Yeah, we'll move. We're going to hold a convention here. And there was a week to go to the convention. And we have problems with water. And if you want to bring a crowd to a place, even if you have no food, you must have water. We were digging wells every day. We will dig it today, reach water by tomorrow, the well will have collapsed. A week to the convention, on a Sunday, a man was driving past. He's not a member of the church. He just branched. I said, I see activities going on here. What's going on here? I said, we want to hold a convention here. Convention, is Christian convention. He said, ah, that's wonderful. He said, what is your need? Ah, my God will send help to you. Yeah. I said, my primary need now is water. Why? I told him, digging wells and wells are collapsing. He said, what you need is a borehole. I said, I know that. <laughs> but I don't have the money for boreholes. We were extremely rich in those days. He said, I will dig you one. Ah, thank you very much, I bet, sir. <laughs> the convention starts next week. I have only one week to go. He said, that should be enough time. It was a Sunday afternoon. By Sunday evening, his engineers have arrived. To cut a long story short, since many of you know the story, 
we reach water the day before the convention. Overnight, we have raised up a tank in the moonlight. By the time the people arrived the following Sunday, water was flowing freely because my God was on time. This God who has 7,000 ways where you have only one is standing by today to send help to you and it will be on time. That's why if you don't belong to him, you are punishing yourself. You are struggling, using everything you have, every means you know, but that's only one way. Why don't you come over to the one who has 7,000 ways where you have only one? In a very simple way, it will solve your problem, and it will be on time. So if you want to cross over to the side of a God that is so powerful, so mighty, why don't you come to him now? Surrender your life to him, and he will take over from there. If you want to give your life to Jesus then, bow your head where you are, cry unto him, Tell him, I want to surrender my life to you. I've struggled enough. I want you to come and be my help. I want to spend the rest of my life assisted by you. Call on him, and I will pray with you, and he will save your soul. And things will change from now on. Call on him now. Ask him to save your soul. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Ancient of days, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that is the truth. And thank you for those who have listened to the truth today and have decided to surrender their lives to you. Father, please receive them. Save their souls. Let your blood wash away their sins. Receive them into the family of God. And let everything become new for them. And Lord, I pray that from now on, any time they cry unto you for help, send the help speedily. And Lord, all of us who are already your children, who are in one need or the other, let our help come today. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Please join us on this same station at this time for another wonderful experience as Pastor E.A. Adeboye exposes the deep mysteries in the Word of God.